Wilson on the rebound, and the Panthers win it in overtime. 2-1 the final. Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Essex sends it straight ahead. Barkov has room, cruises in Barkov, makes it over, he scores! Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plagans. Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Thanks very much for making it a part of your day. And it's sort of a milestone episode here. Episode number 50 for Territory Talk. Doug Plagans here alongside Jamison Olive as always. And again, you can always catch Territory Talk, floridapanthers.com slash Territory Talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, all the different places to listen to Territory Talk. And we thank you very much for joining us, whether it's your first or your 50th time tuned into Territory Talk. Thank you very much for making it a part of of your week. Florida Panthers playing a pretty home-heavy first part of February here, and this homestand rolls on at the time of this Territory Talk recording. Panthers getting set to take on the Calgary Flames. That's Thursday night, and then Sunday the 17th, the Panthers welcome in the Montreal Canadiens. That's going to be a 7 o'clock face-off on Sunday, and then Tuesday, the Buffalo Sabres come in. Thursday, the Carolina Hurricanes. A week from Saturday, the LA Kings come to town. So that's how the upcoming schedule looks for the action here at the BB&T Center, 954-835-PUCKFloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. We hope to see you out here often throughout this month of February. Panthers playing a lot of home games coming up. Jamison, just first your uh, thoughts on the uh, run of games coming up. The Panthers have won six uh, of their last ten coming into uh, the time of this podcast recording and doing it against all teams that uh, have playoff aspirations and all teams that have had a lot on the line every night. The Panthers have won six out of ten. Yeah, it's been trial by fire the past you know month or so when it's only going to get hotter you know, coming up here. Um, uh, two tough losses recently to Tampa and Dallas. You know, First back-to-back losses and you know, almost a month this team has been really consistent you know been you know really doing well here recently to get back in this playoff hunt uh, and you look at those games we talked to Bob about it after today's practice and uh, it's the Panthers you know doing a great job limiting their opponents to uh, uh, shots on goal I think the Stars we held them to 19 which is you know the fewest we've held an opponent to this year but they're just you know it's kind of like how it was at the beginning of the season where when the other team gets you know when there's a mistake if the other team gets one good look you know it's in the back of the net and they're, they're cashing in on their chances right now and so for the Panthers tough to have those two losses like they, you know they said a couple weeks ago they have to be one of the best teams in the league in the second half of the season to make the playoffs but uh you know there's still time they, they they still have a chance to go in that run but like you just said if, they, if they're going to go in that run if they're going to win you know five of the next six six of the next seven to really get back in the thick of things it, it's going to be against tough teams like calgary like montreal and those are playoff teams right now but even though the other teams coming up there the hurricanes the sabers those are two teams close to the playoffs two teams that are going to bring their a game fighting for their playoff lives and even the the, the la kings i mean they're, they're not having a great year but every team out in the west is still in the playoff on it's crazy out there i mean I'd, I'd love to have a little bit of that action over here in the east because right now it's obviously the panthers have a, a much tougher hill to climb than most of those teams out there so for the panthers um looking around it, there's there's a lot of good but it seemed like those little mistakes keep creeping up and keep costing them games and uh coming up here right away calgary flames they had a great game in calgary yep. during that canadian road trip they were up two nothing and then you know uh like mike hoffman told us today you know one or two mistakes like we just said before that cost them the game and there it was so uh the panthers i, I expect once again to bring their a game they usually get up for these big games they see they have you know in recent weeks against you know toronto san jose nashville the list goes on so um like i said we're looking ahead but i know the team's still taking it day by day and I urge everyone to get out and check these games out because, again, some big-time opponents coming in here to the BB&T Center. And, again, if 
if the game hasn't happened yet at the time that you're tuning in to Territory Talk here, the Calgary Flames coming in. This is their only trip to the BB&T Center this season. And, uh, you know, they're they're one of those teams that uh, just plays a, a really high-tempo offensive brand of hockey. They've got one of the top lines in the National Hockey League, so that's something the Panthers going to have to really pay attention to with Sean Monaghan, Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm leading the way offensively for Calgary. So that's certainly something they'll be keeping an eye on. A couple of days off, and then Sunday, the Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens. So you don't want to miss that one. The Panthers and the Canadians will play for the third time this season. Always an important game when those two teams hit the ice against each other. So those are a couple of the games coming up here. Panthers and, uh, as Jameson said, some other teams that have a lot on the line that are playing either for positioning, for their playoff lives. Panthers looking to uh, get rolling here on uh, if, if they can, like you said, rattle off five of six, six of seven. You can be right there in that mix. And uh, and, and, they, at, and they've done it before, like we said. Exactly. Everyone, it's everyone in that room, or not everyone, but the majority of the guys in the room have, have been a part of the this team when they have gone on runs like that. And I think that's why you see, especially in the Dallas game, you see so much frustration is because this, this team knows they can win these games. They know they can do better. They know they can get these goals they need. And, and that's what's just so frustrating. So many of these guys have already done this before. They've already, you know, they have their own personal expectations. And it's just everything just seems, seems to be coming up a little bit short right now. There's not a big gap for the Panthers between winning and losing right now. It really is just those little details that need to be cleaned up. And I think that's why it is so frustrating. But at the same time, why we are so positive that, you know, once things do, you know, flip that switch, turn around, that they can stay like that for, you know, however long you want. So the Panthers getting set for some more home games coming up here. And our uh, featured guest, Jamie McGinn, on this week's episode of Territory Talk, had a chance to sit down and have a great conversation with him. And we're going to hear that coming up here in just a moment. But a real, uh, first of all, a, a real veteran calming presence that returned to the Panthers lineup recently. Great to see him get back in the uh, in the Panthers lineup and uh, had the, the start of his season obviously delayed due to uh, to the surgery that he had uh, on his back but Jamie McGinn worked his way back in not only a great locker room guy great veteran presence out there plays uh, plays a great style of hockey great on the four check he's uh, a guy who's been at it for a long time but also just a just a class individual just a great guy and certainly just great to, to see him around the dressing room every day yeah and we're not the only ones to think that I mean we, I did talk to a couple of the guys yesterday uh, after morning skate and you know even coming from Barkov just saying you know he's he's a he's a chemistry guy he's a guy that really does help the room out he didn't you know when the room's happy they're they're playing better on the ice I mean there's some people uh in the Twitterverse that I know don't believe that but I mean just you and I know being behind the scenes we know guys are happy in the room they're happy on the ice they're playing better that's how it works and uh you need guys like that you need Jamie McGinn and not only just for you know what a great person he is and the personality and how much the guys like him but like you said he's a physical guy good forward checker strong net front presence and if you you know go through some past games where the Panthers lost this season you know you'll hear Bob Booger saying, you know, we weren't heavy enough or something, or we weren't, you know, we weren't winning the one-on-one battles. We weren't, you know, getting enough traffic in front of the net. And you, you hear all these things and you're just like, no, that's, that's, you know, Jamie McGinn's forte right now, right, right there. So obviously we're not saying he's a guy that's going to come out here and score 30 goals and get you 60 points, but you know, he's a guy that can get, you know, 15 to 20 goals, you know, 15 to 20 assists and really just be an important role player because hockey's not just superstars. You, you need those role players. You need those Jamie McGinn. So to see him back, I know it made the guys happy. And to me, I mean, it made me happy just seeing a guy that, you know, second back surgery and the past, you know, five-ish years here. Uh, when, when he went out in September, I think we all kind of just, you know, 
you know, threw the GM against stat sheet out. We're like, all right, we'll see him next year. Like, he's not coming back. That's 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 really serious. And uh, you know, Bob said the same thing yesterday. All his teammates said the same thing. They were all shocked that he's not only you know back out there but playing well. So to have him back, I think you know it's going to give the guys a boost. And uh, I think it comes at a big time because, like we said, it's a veteran as well. And uh, I think you know the losses of you know losing DMac early in the year, you losing Ginner. Uh, obviously, two guys that aren't going to fill up the score sheet every night, but two guys that they're, they're veteran voices in that room. And I think those are those voices really were missed. And I think they. Uh, you know, it's nice to have one of them back. Great to have Jamie McGinn back in the lineup. We had a chance to sit down and chat with him. And here's that conversation. All right, well, Jamie, first, just how how great did it feel to get back out there and, and uh, to be able to, to work your way back after, you know, having the uh, the surgery to start the season and, and being so close to 600 games when you get back? No, it felt good. Um, you know, I had a little bit of nerves and, and stuff like that when I played my first game. And in Springfield there, you know, you, you, you kind of have – few doubts in your mind you know I was having my pregame nap and it was just like what if this happens what if my first hit and you know my back starts hurting or something like that so uh, I went out there and answered my questions in my first three uh, seconds of my first shift and laid a guy out so that always put to rest and just kind of continued on so I wasn't as nervous uh, yesterday playing and stuff like that because I had four games in the minors before and that was the purpose of those games is to come in and, and feel good and and uh, be confident in my game. So, uh, yeah, it, it worked out. That was the plan, and glad I did it. Do you talk to anyone down there in Springfield of the guys? Obviously, it's so different between, you know, there are guys that are in the HL and guys that are just kind of visiting for a bit of trying, you know, like you said, get your game back. Yeah, um, you know, first of all, it's a good group of guys down there. Uh, they got good veteran leadership. Uh, got along with, with a lot of guys. They got a good coaching staff down there. So it was nice to kind of go down there. You know, I, I kept my mouth shut for the first little bit and just kind of did my thing. You know, I didn't try and be anything I wasn't. I just tried to work hard and be a good leader out there and, and, and find my game. No matter what the score was, it didn't change the way I played. So um, that, that was the main goal of going down there. You know, it's unfortunate we didn't, we didn't win, but, uh, you know, I got what I needed and, and just tried to help out uh, anyone I could along the way. And, and, you know, these are the future of the Florida Panthers, so you want to help out in any way you can. And kind of take us a little bit through the last, you know, five months. It seemed like, you know, in September, right before the surgery, it almost seemed like you were good to go. And out of nowhere, it was like, all right, never mind, back mm-hmm. surgery, done. We'll, we'll talk to you in a couple months. So just what, kind of like, what went into that decision and kind of how do those first couple, you know, months kind of play out? Yeah, it's uh, – I had a good summer, ready to go, very excited about this year. You know, my year-end meetings went, went very well last year, and I was hoping to be a big part of the team this year. And then you wake up and – you have leg pain, uh, you know, shooting nerve pain all the way down the leg where you just every day you're feeling it and it just doesn't go away. So at, at that point, you got to make a decision. Is this the quality of life? Is it there? Um, you know, you're stressed out. You're not sleeping. And uh, we made the decision that, uh, you know, it, it was time to get surgery. And, and that's what we did. I'm glad that we did. But, you know, when you're in that much pain, you're you're not sure if, if hockey's the right thing to do. You know, I want to lift my kids when I'm older and, and stuff like that and feel good and, and be happy. And, you know, I wasn't happy, but coming out of surgery, you know, then you're pain-free and you make the next step of, you know, just resting and getting healthy, feeling good. Then, you know, you're, you're back in the gym, you're feeling good. Then the, the first step on the ice and, you know, at the start, you know, I said this yesterday, it was really good by the team. You know, they didn't give me a time frame. They let me get healthy on my own. They weren't pushing me. So I really respect them for that and thank them for that. And, you know, I 
I worked my butt off to, to make sure to get back and, and re- I respect them a lot. So, um, you know, you just take it in steps. And once I touched the ice, you know, I, I figured I got a real good chance of coming back and coming back early. And talking to Bob yesterday, even some of your, your teammates, everyone kind of said the moment it happened, everyone kind of was like, all right, you know, Ginner's out for the season. This is back surgery. This is really serious. Mm-hmm. At what point in the past, you know, five months did you, was there a certain day or a certain drill or something you did that you said, you know, I'm, I'm, I might come back. Like this, <laughs> this thing, things are feeling good. First day I stepped back on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was it was a good feeling. You know, you get that passion back, and you, and you, when it doesn't hurt, you know, because you're you're kind of there's a little bit of doubt in your mind and not sure what's going to happen when you touch the ice. But when you feel good, uh, and then skating with Troach, you know, every day he was out, he was working his way back, and I think it really pushed me along to get back quicker because it forced me to get back in shape quicker. You know, he was ready to go and. Um, he was in better shape than me just because he'd been playing earlier on in the year and he wanted to get back. So it was pushing me as well. And, you know, we, we fed off each other and we helped out each other. So that, that was a big step in recovery as well. Was there a, a point, you might have mentioned this a little bit yesterday when we talked to you before the game, but was there a point along the way where you kind of started to eye down maybe uh, or maybe put a goal in your mind of, of when you would like to, uh, when you'd like to get back on the ice or were you just kind of taking it day by day through the whole thing? Yeah, you take it day by day early. Um, and then when you're starting to feel good, uh, you got to find the lungs and, you know, you got to put yourself through situations where you're going to feel good. You know, I was eyeing down uh, playing against the Blues and stuff. Uh, that that didn't happen, <clears throat> excuse me, with the waivers thing, you know. Then I had to wait a day because I was to go down and play Friday, Saturday in Springfield and then come back up. But then with the business decision of being put on waivers, which, you know, I respect and, and that's part of the game, uh, you know, it kind of burnt a day where I couldn't play in Springfield on Friday. So then, you know, you play Saturday and then I wanted to get in more games. You know, you can't just play one game or two, you know. So I was down there for four games and then, you know, come back up and, and ready to go. So you kind of have that time frame, but I mean, it beats, beats playing zero games. You know, I'm just happy I'm taking it day by day and just thankful to be playing in the league right now. And is, is uh, when you get out there, is, I guess, taking a hit, giving a hit, is that really that kind of tell-all sign where you, you really feel like, all right, I'm back, I'm ready to roll here? Yeah, I mean, I, I put it put any doubt to rest my first first shift of the three seconds in there in the American League. So uh, now it's just back in, and playing and, and doing what I do best, and that's playing physical and getting in front of the net. So, um yeah, just just working hard, and you know, I I don't doubt my back at all right now. So I feel good, I feel confident, and you know, I'm ready to go. How did you, like you said, it's so hard to be away from the team, but how did you kind of spend that downtime when you weren't rehabbing, when you weren't working for the past, you know, five months or so? Yeah, um, at the start, you're not allowed to do anything, so it's like eight weeks of you can't bend over, lift anything. So it's very frustrating, you know. You have your fiance, you know, telling you not She's to bend over. Her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she was really great. My parents were great. Her parents were great. My grandparents, everyone helped me out. Uh, it's amazing. But you kind of feel a bit useless because, you know, you want to do things on your own and, and, and all those little things that you don't think of. But, you know, she was awesome. She helped me out a lot. Um, but it's it was I had to separate myself from the team a little bit just to kind of get my mind right. You know, it's very frustrating because if you're going to the rink every day and you're not allowed to do anything, it's it's more frustrating because you can't help out. You see these guys going to war every night, 
you know, battling and, and, you know, so it was tough mentally, but you separate yourself a bit. And then when you're on your way back, you know, you, you reinsert yourself and, and get around the guys and, and have some fun and, and get the chirps going again <laughs> and just joking around. So I, I like to interact with the guys and, you know, that's what I missed uh, the most is the camaraderie in the room and being around the guys, you know, I like having fun, but when it's time to, you know, lace up the skates and it's business, you know, it's, it's time to grind and, and get going. And you touched on it a bit. We were talking about this before you got here, obviously, family is very important to you and only that if you have a hockey family I mean, mm-hmm. you see this every now and then in the sport in the NHL I mean the Drew Shore was here a little bit ago he had a bunch of brothers played hockey uh, the Sutters are obviously one of the premier hockey families what is it like I mean your brother Ty is with, mm-hmm. with the Lightning organization your brother Brock is with the Hurricanes right now mm-hmm. what is it about the McGinn family that seems to just produce the, these hockey players <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it's uh I think we started, you know, being Canadian first of all. Um, <laughs> it's a prerequisite. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have hockey somewhere along the line there, and we just enjoyed, you know, growing up watching hockey. We had a hockey, hockey rink in the backyard, you know, with those harsh winters and everything. It gets cold. Um, my dad was a lacrosse player and a hockey player growing up, and my mom was a figure skater. So we kind of had, you know, the athletic um, gene in the in the uh, family, and and they pushed. You know, just being active as kids, you know, road hockey, any any way to be active. So we all played lacrosse. We all played hockey growing up. And the best part was in the summertime, when you go home, you get to compete with each other. You get to train with each other. So we're a very close family, and we try and make each other better. And, you know, we're so grateful for it, and we appreciate the summers even more just because we're all gone in the wintertime. And then, you know, I think my mom loves it the most that when we come back, we're all on the same road on the lake. We all have our own place, but we drive by each other. We train together in the summer, and, you know, we try and have a family dinner at least once a week. And But, I mean, other than the family dinner, we see each other all the time. Yeah. So it, it's just we enjoy each other. We enjoy every moment, and, and that's what family's all about. What did that, that competition had to fuel you guys from a pretty young age? I'm sure it wasn't just on that outdoor rink. I'm <laughs> sure there was, you know, between your and your, bro- you and your brothers, I mean, you guys probably could have been playing uh, Monopoly or something, and I'm sure the competition, it, 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 the, it the competitiveness matter. just, yeah, I'm sure it was <laughs> off the charts. It didn't matter, and then, you know, my mom had to calm us down all the time, and she thought the fights were serious, but it's just the competitive nature in us, and I, I think it started in the backyard ring. I think Ty took most of it. He was the biggest kid. He was the middle child, so I think myself and Brock kind of teamed up on him. But there was lots of hits, and we used snowbanks as the boards on the side, and there was a lot of body checks there. And you have the cage, so all the snow would stick in your cage, and then you have the panic mode where you can't breathe and everything. So there was, it was a lot of fun. But you know, we had the whole the whole community are in the neighborhood. All the kids would come over and play hockey and. So we had a we had a tight neighborhood, and we you know Ty had a bunch of his buddies in his wedding party. I have mine coming up this summer, so we've all stayed close with the same friends, and you know it started at a young age, and it, it's awesome coming from a small town just to to stay in touch with those guys. Do you think you made it easier on your brothers a little bit, just in the sense that you went through all this first as the oldest? You were drafted first. You went you know went, went into the NHL first. Do you kind of you, do they use you a little bit as a resource going through? Yeah, that? but they both work very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can only control what I do and control my work ethic and and try and show them what to do but I got to give them credit they work very hard in the summertime they want to prove you know having an older brother that's made it you know there's a lot of critics out there that they've only made it just because who their older brother is but they work their butt off and you know they they're out there to prove people wrong you know Ty's got his own skill he's he's big he's physical he's got great hands you know he sees the ice probably the best out of all three of us and Brock's a fantastic skater who's got a great shot and and great 
you know, he can pass, he can, he can do it all. You know, I think he's just an all around player. So I, I tried to help out in any situation, you know, we all go through ups and downs and I've been through a lot. So, you know, after every game, I think we, we text each other, we're on the phone and, you know, it's, we're on the phone a lot because there <laughs> seems to be games every night now, but, um, yeah, I think I've been through a lot of situations where I can help out and and guide them in the right direction. What's it? Uh, what was it like? I know last year I remember going to Carolina and it was the first time that you and Brock had played against each other mm-hmm. at the at the NHL level. What's it? What's it been like when there's you know one of you on each side and what does that do to your parents? How do they? <laughs> uh, you know how do they? Uh, how do they root for you guys? Yeah, how does that work? I mean they they've been in the stands a couple of times for it and I remember when I played Ty I was in Colorado he was in San Jose I flew out my parents and my grandparents so. Um, you know, I think they interviewed him during the game. They said it's very nerve-wracking. Uh, when one's on the ice, they're cheering for that team. When the other one's on the ice, they're cheering for that team. But they really struggle when both of us are on the ice at the same time. They say they just don't want one to get the minus, you know, because so, <laughs> that's so crucial. But um, I'm looking forward to Brock coming this year again. I think they have their father's trip. So uh, my dad will be in town with Brock, and hopefully uh, maybe we'll cut the jersey in half and he can wear both. I don't know. but Because I know on the father's trips they hand out um, – you know the players jersey and stuff like that so it's going to be a very special moment for my dad again um and to come here and and share it in this building is going to be pretty special you talk about jerseys how much memorabilia is there at your parents house with three (laughs) hockey players did did you guys like fight to see who has the most like on the walls and stuff i I don't know if we fight about that uh i'll tell a quick story one of the the cool things that we've done growing up, my grandfather has started, a, he, he builds birdhouses. And ironically enough, he's built birdhouses for our cottages, which is, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, as long as you guys know what that is. Some people don't. <laughs> uh, they call them camps or whatever. But so he's built these birdhouses that have every team that we've played for growing up. Um, you know, mine's starting to get pretty big and Ty's is starting to get pretty big too. And I don't know if he can keep up, but it's kind of a cool thing just to have in the backyard and kind of remind yourself where you've been. Um, so, but yeah, there's a lot of jerseys. There's a lot of golf shirts and, and track suits and stuff like that around the house. But I, I try and keep a lot of things, um, you know, in my weight room, I have a whole rack of sticks with guys I've played with that, you know, signed and personalized to me. And, uh, you, you know, because you think about it, I, I feel like I just got in the league yesterday and it, and 11 years has gone by. So you, you try and enjoy every moment. You appreciate you appreciate the NHL, first of all, and you appreciate who you've been with. I, I learned a lot with guys uh, growing up, you know, I, I sat beside Rob Blake on the plane. You know, my first roommate on the road was Joe Thornton. You know, having Jeremy Roenick around the room. It, it, I mean, it was surreal. You look up to these guys growing up and you just want to be like them and then to be playing with them. You know, you just take out in as much information as you can. And like Doug said, I mean, you're, you're one, next game. next time you step on the ice, it's going to be 600 games for you. Mm-hmm. You work your whole life to get game one and just kind yeah. of have that moment after that it, it just becomes a job like i said you play 11 years now do these milestones sneak up on you now yeah i i mean with the injuries and stuff kind of getting the way a little mm-hmm. bit where but you just that's that's what i mean right there you know i had an injury at the start of this year i didn't know if i was going to play another game ever again so to be able to hit this milestone hopefully next at 600 it I appreciate it that much more, um, you know, but I, it doesn't change the way I work or or are my off ice or on ice. You know, I still want to work hard, and now I want to get to 700. But first I got to get 600. You appreciate the moment, and then you just continue to work hard. You know, I want to stay in the league, so I got a lot more to give, And you know, but you do enjoy it, and you kind of sit back, and you're like, wow, that's pretty amazing. 
Can you, you know, going away from, uh, you know, off the ice a little bit, are you able to tell us a little bit about the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs? I know it's something yeah. your, your whole family's had some involvement in. And is this, uh, you know, it was uh, was this side of the sports business always something that you had in the back of your you, mind? You learned a lot, you know, during the lockouts and stuff like that with how the game works and how the management side works of things and the ownership and everything. So we had an opportunity to, to get in and purchase a team and, you know, it's something our family, as you know, we all grew up playing hockey and we just did everything that was surrounded by hockey. So the opportunity to own your own franchise and, and do things the way you want to. My dad's heavily, was heavily involved at, at bringing the team in and, and kind of getting the day-to-day things going. We have our general manager and president there, uh, Mickey Gray, who's done an amazing job, who keeps the day-to-day things going well. I think we've got a great coach there in Dan Bremner. Um, you know, so you, you follow it, you, you enjoy it, you kind of – you. You watch as many games as you can, but it's kind of something that we can fall back on at the end and keep us in the sport and and just kind of do things the way we want to do. You know, we want to treat the players right, and we want to be known as a great organization and give back to the community. We we do a, um, a hockey school every summer that my brothers and I put on, and so we get to go to Roanoke and kind of get to know the community a little bit better. And, you know, it's just it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's great people there. We enjoy doing it. You know, once once you lose the passion and the love for it, then, you know, maybe it's time to move on. But we, we love it doing it for sure and you talk about that you saw on twitter you give a shout out to fans that were in springfield in the Roanoke jerseys yeah it was pretty cool like just skating around and and you notice them more and more i think brock knows it's a great logo too that's got that going for you yeah i appreciate that um we had we had five names to pick from and then uh you know we have five local owners that got to pick the team name and everything like that so yeah when we go on the road i think brock notices them a ton in carolina but you know just to be front row in springfield for one of my games there you got to give a shout out because <laughs> it's pretty amazing just to to know that they're following you as well it's, it's pretty special and to have that, you know, that team in a in a southern market, it's another one of those uh, areas where, even though they've had a history of minor league hockey in Roanoke going back really to to the '90s, it's it's you know, anytime you can have a, a team in a market like that, you're you're playing a part in helping grow the sport. Is it you know, is that yeah. something you you kind of hold near and dear, I guess, too? Yeah, I mean, youth hockey was kind of struggling there. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know it was very low when we first got there. But I think it's it's tripled or quadrupled now since we've we've come in and that's amazing just to kind of get youth hockey going in the minor leagues and stuff like that um get kids playing we've we've also partnered up and brought another rink to the roanoke valley and you know so just to have another ice pad that's that's so much more ice time that kids can play and even you know the old timers playing hockey and stuff just get the community you know athletic and and more involved in hockey is amazing and you know people are happy around there and i think they're very appreciative that we brought hockey back and you know we we enjoy it and just one more for from me just a little bit off ice a little bit on ice mm. what is it like being neighbors with with mark pesic <laughs> the fan because this is known the fans know it's been in a couple of videos like there was Uh-oh. a great i think it was cats and cocktails last year where they had the video where i think it was he pulled out of his driveway pulled into your driveway oh, picked that, you up or something like that, that. Yeah, yeah i picked him up oh, yeah, I mean, yeah you picked he, him doesn't, up. he doesn't drive so i'm his <laughs> uber driver he he texts me and then he knows where i am and i pull into his driveway and he comes out no it, it's a 
it's fun. Um, you know, Mark's a very happy guy, and, uh, you know, we enjoy our conversations on, on the way to the rink. We get to hang out when we go home, and, you know, there's never a dull moment with him. So uh, we all get together either at his house or, or my house, and he just put recently a putting green in his backyard too, and I have a little pool in my backyard, so we we share <laughs> share. It's like those two clubhouses. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I mean, yeah, and then um, – uh, we enjoy the boat too, so go out in the boat and just kind of relax. It kind of clears our mind from hockey, but it's nice having, uh, you know, a great family beside us that we can bounce off ideas and, you know, kind of just, you know, get to know people better. And I played with them in Buffalo, so we had a good connection from there. And, you know, yeah, they're great people, him and Oakley. Well, Jamie, we thank you very much for, for stopping by with us today to chat about uh, really a little bit of everything, and congratulations on the on the upcoming milestone of, uh, of 600 games. Well, I appreciate you guys having me here, so thank you. Thanks, Jamie. So big thanks to Jamie McGinn. Great to sit down and talk to him. And we covered just about everything there with Jamie McGinn from the uh, process of, of working his way back from the surgery, getting back in the lineup, his upcoming 600th game. It's going to be great to see him hit that uh, milestone whenever his uh, next game is. That's going to be game number 600 for him. And then uh, obviously talking about the uh, the background of his hockey family, getting involved with the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs of the Southern Professional Hockey League. Lots of different things that we were able to uh, cover there with Jamie McGinn and his uh, the fact that he lives right next door to Mark Pesic. So uh, lots of different things that we were able to talk about in that interview. But uh, you, you talk about that. I just think that the, the brother thing is so cool. And you, it one is one of those things that's not, you know, specifically unique to hockey, but you see it a lot more in hockey than other sports. And uh, I just think that's so cool to be able to do something with, you know, a family member like that. I, I have a sister and wasn't lucky enough to have a brother, so I, I can't relate exactly. I know you're an only child, but I, just picturing a, a whole family of like Plagans brothers that are all broadcast throughout the league like that that just warms my heart that'd be great to see so I mean uh, I mean like we said going to the review again are just such a genuine nice guy you, you heard it coming through the radio waves right there you're laughing right now because you're to see you're imagining the the, the Plagans brothers be a lot of talking that'd be a really that, that dinner table just back and forth throwing 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 questions like mom the mashed potatoes are pretty good back to you <laughs> Be a good time. Be a good time. But um, one thing we didn't get into too much was obviously uh, the rail yard dogs. We that was a little bit too much insider talk from us. I think if you heard that and you didn't know what we're talking about, if you're not keen on the minor leagues in hockey, that's a Southern Professional Hockey League. Uh, you got teams down here, you know, in Alabama, you know, Louisiana, Pensacola is their Florida team. So it's uh, it's that tier right below the East Coast Hockey League. And uh, uh, just you know, knowing Jamie McGinn is in charge of that team. I mean, like I said, it's that's really cool. And uh, I recommend everyone Google right now. Like I said, they're great logo, and it is a great logo. They got some good. Mer- Merch too. Good merch. Good yeah. merch. So it was great to uh, great to talk to Jamie McGann and some uh, some reminders. Of course, the Panthers have a lot of home games coming up here. We've talked about some of those. If you're tuning in before the game against Calgary has happened, Thursday against Calgary, Sunday against Montreal. That's seven o'clock game on Sunday. Then Tuesday, the Buffalo Sabers come in. Those are the next few for the Panthers. Nine five four eight three five Pike Florida Panthers.com, Ticketmaster.com for tickets and you can uh, season ticket holders. The renewal process underway. You can go to floridapanthers.com slash renewal central lots of fun stuff to check out there and the 30 days giveaway is going to be getting going as well so be sure to go and check that out and uh, and again we hope to see you out here at the bbt center very often as the panthers have some home games coming up here on the horizon so once again thanks very much for making territory talk a part of your week this is episode number 50 happy uh, 50th territory talk right here yeah, the one so, year's coming up i believe it was, it was around march 11th this year 
or so. So we're getting close. We're getting close to the one year. We're getting there. There will be uh there will be a birthday party for territory talk of some <laughs> sort. We'll make sure we have one. So uh, territory talk coming up on its one on its uh, I guess first birthday and uh, the 50th episode here today. We thank everybody for joining us again. Whether you're tuning in for the first or the 50th time, FloridaPanthers.com/slash/territory talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the different places. Check out territory talk. So be sure to uh, continue stopping by. Tell everybody you know. We uh, again appreciate it very much that uh, you stop by and tune in. Big thanks to Jamie again for Jameson Olive. I'm Doug Plagans. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.